0: You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent F M for more content from our friends.
1: I am, an e. I am, an I am an
0: Hello everybody and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith and conversations with my friends and family. And hey, welcome back. It's 2021, and look, everything's fixed. JK. Listen, I never expected the new year to instantly make things better, but I hoped it wouldn't make things worse, and yet, here we are. Last week, Wednesday, January 6th, was a wild day. It started on a high, with the two Senate seats in Georgia flipping blue, due in large, large part to the work of Stacey Abrams and her team. Yet another example of black women saving our world. But we didn't get very long to savor that victory before the insurrection at the Capitol. And now this week, Donald Trump has been impeached for a second time, and next week is the inauguration of Joe Biden with the possibility of more trumped-up drama and violence, and so it's just a lot. And I was originally planning to return to our regularly scheduled programming next week, but I needed to talk some of this out. So I roped a few friends in and here we are. So welcome back and away we go. When I first saw you, I said oh my, I said, oh my. Back, 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 back. Some powerhouse black women, my friends, Alicia. Cheris, Colette, Jessica Ray, and Joanna. We're sorry. Due to some technical difficulties with the podcast recording platform, Colette and Joanna's appearances in this episode are sporadic and random, sometimes live, sometimes via chat narrated by someone else. It's a mess. So I'll just have to have them back for their own episodes on a more stable platform. We're sorry. So this time last week, the day started out great. We had Stacey Abrams coming through with the wind flipping Georgia. Hello. Yes, yes. It was a good morning. It was great. But it was a very short-lived celebration because just hours later, insurrection, riots, white people going crazy at the Capitol. Literal
1: terrorism, white ISIS, (laughs) hello.
0: (laughs) Yes. Just came through and just stole our moment Stole our black joy. As usual. I
2: had to work so hard for that black joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they just came in and took it away. They tried to really steal my light, As they do. So we are going to be talking about that. Um, But before we get into it, uh, we usually ask what makes a Christian and figure out whether or not I'm a Christian this week. But today we're going to play a slightly different game. Kind of like Married Sex Kill, but I'm calling it Keep kill, negotiate, and we are taking three elements of our government and deciding what we're gonna do with them. And they're all bad because that's how our government works. So we've got the electoral college, we've got white supremacy, and we've got alternative facts. So Uh. keep, kill, negotiate. And the negotiate is that sometimes you're going to win, sometimes you're going to lose. You're just going to be fighting with it forever. Yeah. So let's go alphabetically. Oh. Alicia Acre. what you got? <laughs> this
2: was the one time I was like, she's not going to go alphabetic sound.
0: Hey, and hey. she did.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was no way for me to avoid that either. That's very funny. Um. Okay, so I'm killing uh, white supremacy. For me, I feel like we've been trying to negotiate and talk with them for years. Um, they have stayed in places that we have tried to keep them out of for some time. And at this point, I'm just ready to see them all go. In theory, figuratively, literally, um, every way that they can be killed, go. Um I am going to, oh boy, I think, so that's who I'm killing. I also have to keep and negotiate. So I think, granted this could change, but because it's a game, um, I think maybe I'm going to keep the alternative facts. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is because I feel like alternative facts have gotten us thus far um, in just absurd thinking. Um, But I feel like absurd, or not absurd, but yeah, I guess you could call them absurd or alternative facts. Um, I feel like those still just always have like a measure of like sift through it though, and like then, you know, whatever pieces you you linger on to, fine. So I almost feel like it's powdered sugar and you put it in the strainer and you just kind of sift and then whatever lands. Um, and then I'll just have to negotiate with the electoral college. And so that's, that's where I'm going with it, but kill all the white supremacists, their theories, their studies, wherever they meet, burn those places down, just all of that. So that's where I'm at. Thanks for having me. All
1: right. Cheris. Hey. hey. (laughs) So I agree. I have the same answers as Alicia, actually. I'm saying keep alternative facts. I say keep those because they're horrible, too. But at least with keeping alternative facts, there's the chance that people's own common sense will take over. We would hope that people will hear an alternative fact and then go do their own research or go do their own learning. So there's still a chance, even with an alternative fact on the table, for the truth to be out. I'm saying negotiate with the Electoral College because really... Yeah, pretty much Alicia summed it up. You just have to, it's kind of, chew up the meat, spit out the bones. We have to, because it's never gonna be perfect, ever. And obviously, right. kill white supremacy. This, this is ridiculous. And I love how people are saying now that it's gone too far. No, it was always too far. It started too far. Any, yeah. in, like, it's never been mellow, ever. So, yep. I say kill white supremacy. I need them all, since they hate everybody, why don't you just leave and go to an island, go somewhere far and you have your own little Lord of the Flies experience with all y'all
2: crazies together and leave us in peace since we're all a bunch of savages anyway. they wouldn't anyway. even do well. They wouldn't even do well on an island because then their precious whiteness would begin to tan. Yep. So just like, <laughs> they'd all kill each other. And so find we all win. planet. That's true. Just get out. So
3: Jessica Ray. All right. Um, Hmm. I think it's pretty easy to decide to kill white supremacy. Again, just to echo off of Alicia and Cheris, uh, I just think that, you know, it's useless ideology. Uh, it's a defeatist ideology. Like it's not, there's no win in that. Um, And it's obviously, it's toxic and horrible and demeans everyone else in existence. Um, So there's that. And then I guess I would also, I think I would have to, I have to like go with you guys on this. Like I would keep alternative facts and I would negotiate with the electoral college. And negotiating, like we saw what, Stacey Abrams and so many other Black women did in advocating for those districts. And I think that's something that we can all do. Um, so, yeah. All right. And JoJo. We're
0: sorry. <laughs> okay. So, let's all take a few minutes to talk about last week, January 6th. Tell me about your day. Like, how did, how was your day going? What did you think? When did you realize what was happening? Just,
2: yeah. I mean, I can go on this one. Go for it. Alicia here. And um, so it's a big day for me because it's my birthday. And so here I thought I was going to wake up, make myself some breakfast, and go about doing the fun, you know, quarantine, COVID sorts of things that one can do on their birthday. And so at first I was like, overjoyed because I was like, sister Stacy, my God. I mean, I was ready to shout her out in my birthday post and everything like, like just gleefully Um, because she really has been working really, really hard. And she could have let her loss from what was that two years ago? Like, send her into a corner somewhere where she wasn't fighting as hard. And I do really believe that she's embodying what a public servant um, should be, whether they're elected into a position or not. And so, yeah, I, you know, was going about my business. I have one of my best friends with me and we were just kind of going about the day and yeah, like just in the afternoon, I had to like consciously decide to get off of the internet just because it there was like this, um, well, not there was, but I mean, it was just being overrun with like breaking news. The Capitol is being stormed. There are like all these white people going crazy. You know, folks wearing like squirrel pelts are now sitting in Nancy Pulaski's office. Like, it's just a lot. Um, <clears throat> and at first I was just like in a state of shock for myself. So I was like, this is not happening right now. Um, and I think I just thought it wasn't happening because I was like, how, like, how could it happen? Like, this is the capital. This is like, you know, obviously where like the our highest form of government could be like, there's no way that these things can happen and then you get online or whatever kind of news, you know, resources you have and they're showing it to you live and you're like, okay. And so I was just like, I'm sure like in my mind, I was like, this will be stopped. This is not even going to be a thing. And it just kept getting worse. And so later on that evening, I was having dinner at home just because it was a part of my birthday plan was to, you know, get takeout food and just have it at home. And I'm sitting at the table with my best friend. and She's just like, yo, there's a video of this black officer being chased down by all these people. And we almost started crying in that moment. And I was just like, I like, I can't be plugged into this right now because of the way my own personal 2020 was like. I'm choosing and I'm taking this day to celebrate having just made it. And so, I don't know. I, I do feel like that's kind of how, and I can't speak for everyone, but I do know of people who have had similar times of triumph in the midst of a really crazy period that have just had to choose to celebrate themselves in the midst of, you know, fill in the blank. And I think, unfortunately, for people of color, we've always had to choose to celebrate in the midst of some form of adversity. And I mean, I'll I mean, I will say it is disappointing to me that like January 6th of 2021 will be remembered as like the day where Trump sent all of his Trumpies over to the Capitol to act up. And even when they were being interviewed, like you're not even saying anything real. It's just like, it's at this point, like it's starting to just be, not it's starting to be, but like, it's even more annoying that this much havoc can be wreaked by people that are filled with balloon juice. Like it's just crazy. Um, And so, yeah, I like, I unplugged because watching this, black man being chased down in a job that he was appointed to do in a place that he was supposed to be at um, by people who were just assaulting him with their privilege. Like I just couldn't do it. And I just decided I wasn't doing it on my birthday. Um, And so, yeah, that's pretty much how it went for me. I unplugged just because I was deciding to like, hold on to my, my sanity um, for a period. And I hate that it overshadowed all that Stacey did that morning. I mean, obviously, it wasn't in one morning, but, like, I hate that that afternoon just eclipsed everything, uh, like, hours previous, because she worked really, like, her and the rest of the team, like, they worked really hard. The end.
1: (laughs) Happy belated birthday. (laughs)
2: Thanks.
1: (laughs) I'll go next. So, that morning, I was working. I work from home, so I was just working, Had. TV on the side of me, as usual, was posting my celebratory memes about the Georgia runoff, like, see, black people have saved you again, America, and you still hate us. You're welcome over and over again. We've always been awesome. Yes. And you continue to treat us like we do nothing. And as if on cue, I, <laughs> I see breaking news, uh, riots. Oh, no, no, they weren't calling it a riot. Excuse me. Patriots protesting at the Capitol. That was news before I saw. And then I turned it on and I, at first it looked like a protest. And then I saw people with like, I mean, warrior face paint and like you said, squirrel pelts. And then I saw that I was like, are they on the stairs? Wait, they went past the fit? Wait, are they inside? and then my friend texted me and she was like the capital has officially been breached you guys and i'm just like i had this combination reaction of yes i was shocked but i also i wasn't just because there was in of course this happens like cuz we've been working up to this for i want to say over a couple hundred years but especially building up to it the last couple the last 4 like it was kind of inevitable, and I'm like, well, here it is, privilege at its finest. They've been giving permission to hate, and now they really do think it's okay to completely storm the Capitol. And then the other part of me, I was just shocked because I thought there would be armed guards everywhere because I saw all the pictures this summer, and we were out protesting, and I was like, well, surely the Capitol is protected like crazy. And then for anyone who's, surely. Anyone who vi- who's visited there on vacation, I remember going there, like, on field trips, and I mean... I walked through that area like oh my god I better not sneeze the wrong way cuz I'll be arrested just because it was that heavily protected. So I was like where where is all the security? Where are all the cops? Where are the snipers? Where what, what so like not shocked that it's happening, but shocked that they're getting away with it and that no one's trying to stop it. And then just like Alicia I had the thought that oh this will this will be they will they will have helicopters and the national guard in here. In twenty minutes and clean these guys out, an hour tops, and it tops. Th- it just didn't stop. And then it just is this really? It's it was a it's a weird moment. It's a, I don't even know what to how to describe confusion and like how are they not stopping this? It was because it was so blatant, and I mean they hung a noose outside. It it wasn't this wasn't subtle at all. So what uh, wh- wh- it. Wh- and then it really just dawned on me how much the benefit of the doubt a bunch of a mob full of angry white people can get when they're literally mm-hmm. storming the Capitol building with guns and and ties with intention to tie people up, and I was just like, "Okay, I'm done. I can't watch this no more and then i just I went back to work for a few hours and then later that night, I turned on the news again to see them still out there and to mm-hmm. see all those reports that that first um, call that they put in for help that the Department of Defense denied the call. And I'm just, so pretty much that day for me was just, morning was gloating. Like, yep, we did it again, guys, yas. Then we've got to deal with Olympus is falling, happening, meets reality TV. Then the shock that no one's trying to stop this. And then the fact that it's being, getting compared to the Black Lives Matter protest this summer. And I'm like, Uh, This is, it's, it's so blatant now that it, I just, I have, I still have no words. So yeah, that was my day. Colette, you want, who
2: wants to be a narrator? I can read Colette.
0: (laughs) You'll do Colette's Um,
2: mind (laughs) log. Yeah, sure. On behalf of Coco, I was in Walmart and I found out what was happening through a group chat. A few people in the chat had alerted me to what was going on. A few hours later, I was home and turned on the news. I was not prepared for what I saw on TV. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. There was nothing that could have prepared me for what I saw. Like Alicia, I was like, how could this be happening? Who let this happen? My shock then turned to anger. And then I went on a social media rampage to express that anger. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not very outspoken on social media. Word. I kept thinking, now the people will see the great divide, and they still didn't. Instead, there were so many people making excuses for the, quote, patriots. They tried to convince me that Antifa hired these people to dress up like Trump supporters. What the? I was like, this is your response to this, and this is what you came up with? And I don't care who those people were. Did you see the color of their skin? Ain't no way that darker skin could have even reached those capital steps. So many emotions that I was experiencing. Basically, what Harris said,
4: was saying. Like I, I said, in the, when I typed it out, I went through like a lot of emotions because I was like, oh snap, these people then took over the cap," And then I was like, wait, but if that was us black people, we would not have gotten to the steps. And then <clears throat> there are Facebook groups that were literally talking about doing this. And I was like, so the government puts censors on a lot of things, but there are no censors on. They couldn't fish these. You know, they've, they've actually stopped terrorists in Times Square or gone to somebody's house in New Jersey and was like, oh, you were trying to make a bomb? We, we detected you. But these Facebook groups that were kind of public and, you know, saying, well, we're going to do this. I was like, there's no, I was like, come on. If a bunch of black people had gotten together talking about they were gonna go up to the Capitol, you already know. That's why I was like, so that's when I begin to get angry. And I, I was like, in my head, I was like, yay, white people are gonna finally see like, yeah, <laughs> I think somebody tweeted that tweet I put out. This is a weird way <laughs> to find out that police <laughs> They, they do know a different way other than shooting people, you know. Whoever put that tweet out, I was like, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. But I thought white people would then be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, had this been – but the, all they came up with was that wasn't – those weren't Trump supporters. <laughs> those were Antifa hired. And I said – and I, my argument was, and maybe that's true – Maybe there were some people in the crowd hired by Antifa. I said, but did you see the color of their skin? Because I don't care who they were. I don't care if it was... I don't care if they were Biden supporters and they ran up on the Capitol. I don't care... Did you see the color of their skin? I was like... And police not helping people down the steps and, you know, whatever. I was just like that. So I'm not even... I wasn't even, we weren't even, like, I feel like black people weren't even like, kill them, kill them, shoot them dead. We were just like, show them the same justice, you show us. That's all we were asking for. And it did not happen. All of a sudden, you're the FBI, and there's a thousand Instagram and Postbook lives, and you can't find out who was there? You need the public? You found Osama bin Laden but you can't find out the guy whose picture you see sitting up on Nancy. You need the public's help to identify all these people going live on Facebook and Instagram and bragging. Yeah, we came up in the Capitol. and We did this, but you, you, you don't know where they are.
2: And Coco. All
0: right. We'll get Jessica Ray and then I'll read Joanna's monologue. Oh man.
3: Yeah. Uh, with you all there. Um, I think the thing that was really hard again was not being able to experience that moment of joy. Like waking up to this new um, sort of turn of events of, wow, like Georgia has been, like the vote in Georgia has been so suppressed for so long and seeing it flip and turn blue, like that was amazing. Um, And for that to be so short lived was pretty heart wrenching. So I want to say I kind of just woke up that morning excited, and then I saw the news (laughs) a few hours later, um, and I was disturbed. I think the thing that was really hard to watch was seeing that white supremacists or supremacists were... You know, storming the Capitol building. And I wanted to, like, in my mind, I wanted to negotiate. You know, some of these people are Trump supporters and they're disillusioned and they've been, you know, brainwashed into this narrative, uh, this cult like narrative. But it was really hard to, again, see that and then remember the Black woman that. I think it was like five years ago, she was like driving near the Capitol and she had her infant in the car and she made a wrong turn and she was trying to get out of there and she was shot like multiple times to death. So I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about that and then I'm seeing people just walk freely, like not freely, but like walk and invade <laughs> into the Capitol space like it was nothing um so that was really really difficult to stomach and I think it was really hard to I I think just like in that moment of seeing like this could not have happened if these were people of color like at all at all and and then to see again from the the right the extreme right side kind of the narrative and say oh it was Antifa like we don't know the 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 main thing that kept coming out was we don't know the full story yet we don't know like we should wait for more reporting and it's like okay I totally I'm a person that loves to research I love to look at multiple sources I think that's very important but like you are seeing this with your own eyes and you are deciding not to see systemic racism in our country and you're choosing not to see white supremacy rearing its ugly head but what what many of those people were wearing the slogans that they were wearing they were dressed in tactical gear this was not something that they just decided to do on a whim this was purposeful and they went into that capitol based on the words that their leader donald trump said at that rally and for people not to make that connection or decide to ignore that connection, that just, it floored me. So again, I woke up, was super happy, excited, like ready to like face the world anew and then seeing all of that happen at once. um, And just to see it so clearly and to be so confused as to how people were excusing that narrative. was really disheartening and it made me super pissed off. So, that is, that was my response. Joanna said, I was out having
0: a pleasant lunch when I started getting text messages about it from friends all over. It didn't really hit me until I got home and saw all the crazy videos, unreal. And deeply frustrating when I saw the lack of preparation of the police, wild was the only word that kept echoing. What really upset me was the police escorting that woman down the stairs, holding her hand. What? Mm. And the fact they didn't arrest anyone there, or mostly. That I'm a bit upset there are some technical difficulties and I can't speak. I felt like I've spent a lot of time in church and sometimes around non-U.S. friends and fam who don't get it, biting my tongue to keep the peace. But these events are so egregious and I want to speak out against them fact that some congress people were debating not to impeach comparing these events to the burning of stores and peaceful po- protests so upsetting
1: agreed all of the above
0: yeah yeah and part of like why i wanted to do this like i was planning to come back next week to start releasing episodes again and like not for any particular reason i was like oh the 21st and 2021 sure that sounds that sounds good yeah so the 21st is my birthday so that's the day after Hello. inauguration and like right now I am so anxious about everything like I'm I just don't see how nothing else is going to happen between now and then and I'm like I don't even know (laughs) will I be able to celebrate my birthday like I don't know what's going to happen um and then as you know, this whole podcast is because I'm in the midst of figuring out what my faith looks like, um, and and I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, I wish, I wish I still believed in prayer, because I don't, like, I don't even know where to put all of this, and I wish I just had that ease of, oh, I'll just pray about it, and I'm like, I I don't have that anymore, and I don't. I don't really miss it, but like this past week, I'm like, I wish, I wish I still had something that I believed in like that, that like to just, oh, that'll, that'll Uh. take care of it. That'll do it. And yeah, not having that. And then being a black woman and seeing all of this and be like, we keep saving this country from itself and this country keeps turning around and spitting in our faces. And I just don't, I'm like, what What do we do with that? Like, how, how do we cope with this?
3: I think that's an excellent point to make, you know, like this is a process that keeps happening over and over. And what does it mean to kind of give it I don't I don't know I guess I'm thinking like what does it mean to give into the process right like this is something that is going to be a cyclical thing because I don't know this is kind of just my own personal belief system right like I think that we kind of continue to go in circles until we learn the the resolution or we learn the lesson right and culturally as a whole, I feel like America is still a bit, in it's not, not in its infancy stage, but I want to say it's, you know, maybe a teenager now, uh, maybe. And I do think that this is a mindset that we're going to have to be fighting for some time. Um, and I think this is a generational fight. And I think that this is going to continue for um, a while. Um, and I think it's really about like having the strength to keep fighting the power and the powers that be, um, because it's like, we can kind of see, it's again like thinking about like Dr. King and how he was really trying to prophesy like a vision of unity and a vision of um, just equality really. and i think like in his heart like he knew that like he his generation wouldn't see it and then you know the generation after that maybe wouldn't see it but he had this deep hope that it would someday happen and i guess like for me i want to keep hold of that and i want to be able to um continue that fight right um all the while understanding that, like, I only have so much power within my bones, within my mind, within my heart. Um And yeah, in my spirit or soul or, or whatever, however you want to identify that. And um it really is about, I don't want to say giving up, like, the the great cause but it's about understanding that you might not be the generation to see it come to fruition fully right um but it's about continuing because having that deep hope that it can one day come to fruition um and in the midst of that yeah i i think again coping yeah it's tough uh I still my thoughts on prayer are a little all over the place. I, I think of prayer as more as a, a a meditation and a meditation space and entering in into that in ways with creativity and, and talking to God in that way. Um and just being open to receive whatever I guess God wants to to speak to me. Um but yeah, I think just like continuing to breathe and being open to a meditative space, like whatever that is, to to kind of keep a sanity. Uh, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I agree. If I could piggyback off what you said,
1: I loved how you said what like what Janice, what you said about how you wish you still believed in prayer because you could hand this over to God. I, when things like this, for me, relating it to like faith and everything, when they happen now, actually now that I don't believe in it, it has the opposite effect on me because so much of my frustration came from seeing so much injustice in the world and seeing so much wrong in the world and praying for God to intervene. And then when he didn't, I was like, why, so you told me if I pray and believe and receive, it happens. And I'm praying literally for people to be safe and for people to not die you didn't do anything. Why didn't you help us? That was a big struggle with me and my faith always. And it's funny to me that like now that I just no longer have that expectation of prayer for me, prayer is more where Jess is, where it's more so a meditation for us to get us focused, but it's not um, directed toward an expectation of a certain result. It's put me in this weird place of Slight freedom because one I, I don't feel like I'm carrying the weight of everything bad that happens in the world on me Like I've got to make sure I do my part to carry it to God to make sure he can fix it You know because like one thing I was always taught in church was well God can't move unless you pray so it's on you so it, all the weight of the world is on your shoulders Little child in children's church now go forth and be amazing. It's like there's a lot of pressure to put on children um, So now when things like this happen I have, and I don't want this word to be taken the wrong way, I try to just approach it from acceptance, not accepting it like it's okay, but accepting it going, I am one human, I have done everything I can do to be against all of this, including marching to, for during the protests and treating other people the way I want to be treated, so... I've just got to take it moment by moment. Cause I get now that there's not really anything specifically that I can do to change these terrorists. And it's both, it's the pressure is off, but it's also a sad place to be because you're like seeing these people on TV, like seeing what they can get away with and being like, wow, I can't, I cannot do anything about this. This is my reality. It's, again, it's this weird, confusing place where it's like, I can't even put it into words. There's a lot of very complicated emotions attached to this this issue that we're facing, and faith.
2: Yeah, and I think, and I don't think that there's going to be, like, I don't know that there's going to be, like, a specific remedy that works for every person. Um, and to both of your I love just different things that you guys said, because I, I, like, it definitely resonates, and I think for me, like, I do still believe in prayer. I do still believe in God. And I do, I think for me, the prayers are shorter, but with more depth. Um, they're not as lengthy. And that's not because like, I don't have the, it's, they're not as lengthy maybe. And I don't think it's because like, it's not because I don't have as much to say, but I think that there's just a different need. And so for me, sometimes I'm just whispering like, Jesus, What? or help, Um, they're just deeper, or not deeper, but they're more, at one time, one of my mentors was telling me how um, one way we can, like, can think of prayers that, like, just the breath prayers, like the words that just fit in the breath, and I find myself in that season, and I think for just coming out of the kind of year that 2021, or 2020 was, and how people are still trying to act up you know, even now, I saw something the other day that said, like, nice try, December 39, um, <clears throat> of 2020. And I was like, y'all are funny. <laughs> like, y'all are real funny. Um, but I, I think for me, I, I do believe that I've shifted my expectation from like myself, and even from other individual people, to like, knowing that, God does hear me, that he does see me, he, that he does see us as a collective, and that I like I am not God. I don't know like what the end plan is. And so oddly enough, I think I find a bit more peace in knowing that for me, yes, there is a greater plan at work. And maybe all this just has to burn down first before we see any kind of a resurrection of any kind. Um, and I say that both in like natural causes to oh, government things um but to just all kinds and i know like everyone obviously here is on like just in different spaces um and so yeah i think for me like the prayers are shorter but they're definitely being said with a depth that i may not have had before or that i'm just experiencing now and i think too I think Janice you said something earlier about like how do we handle these things and I do think for me one of the ways one of the answers to my like deep breath prayers which sounds crazy in that sense um but one of those answers for me has been in like in these community spaces where I can speak with other women I think specifically of color that have um like very strong opinions and views and like how things have affected them in just really profound ways because I think in the same way that we're being either asked or even tasked, I would say, with like saving the day, um, you know, no one's checking in to see how we're feeling. And I feel like if we're not checking in on each other, then like we're just gonna keep walking around, you know, with these capes that we never asked for. Um, to save a country that has never truly been here for us. But I think that dates back to a completely different conversation because it's like, you trust us to raise and feed your children, to run your homes and keep everything else in order. But you know what? I don't even know that we have the time. Um, But (laughs) you know what? i just, it's crazy. Um, So yeah, I just think like, yeah, I do think that these shared spaces are really helpful just because There, we don't have to like pretend to be anything but ourselves, and whether that's like strong in one meet one moment or like weak in the next, that's okay. Um, because I think that, like, yeah, there has been a lot of strength exuded by black women, by women of color in this country, but we're also not strong all the time, and that's okay,
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's just been a really a really weird time um, for me. It's just all the government stuff and at the same time, like coupled with all the issues with like Hillsong and seeing all of that happening. Um, and then watching, you know, they announced Hillsong, Atlanta and you know, that this black pastor, black couple, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So, like, I know, I know what Hill Song is going to do. They're going to put this guy up there. They're going to have him do something or say something. Like, he's going to be the message, you know, for whatever. So, then he wrote this blog post. And then, you know, and I'm like, and I don't know. Maybe, Maybe he'll surprise me. I don't think he will, but maybe he will. So, I read his blog post. And it's just, you know, basically... Calling for peace. Let's oh, just how convenient! Peaceful and love one another. Just love and peace. And that's <laughs> it. Um, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh man, so I wrote a oh. I wrote a comment on there and kind of like taking it apart. The comment did not stay up long, um, but it was funny because I wrote a comment and another friend of mine wrote a comment. So he he slid into both our DMs. To her, he said, "Hey, let's talk." To me, he sent a message that was very much "let's not talk." <laughs> like, basically, basically, like we'll talk about it in heaven someday.
1: Um, I see you when I yeah. see you. <laughs> yeah. He don't want
3: to talk about. It. He's trying to get that check.
0: So I ended up. So so yeah. I mean, he was like, Aww. you know, the end. He, be blessed. This we're not.
3: Not be blessed.
0: We're not talking about <laughs> this. Bless your heart. So then I sent him, I just sent him a message and I didn't expect a response because I was like, well, you've made it clear that you don't, you don't want to have this conversation. So I was just like, hey, here's, here's just a few things to keep your eye on, you know, at Hillsong. And, and just kind of.
2: For when you just see them. kind of
0: called them out. So I was like, look, and I, 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 cause I could not stop thinking about that officer, that black officer, you know, being chased up those steps. And then to find out later, Ooh. you know, that he was leading them away from the Senate because the Senate was right there with the senators in there and that door was open and they were looking for them, you know. And so he pushes that guy to, like, provoke him and then runs the other way so they'll follow him. So I'm just thinking about just the black body and how the black body has been used and how we use our black bodies to keep to keep this nation going. And so he has put his black body mm-hmm. in this place of danger to protect our democracy. Mm -hmm. So then I basically told, you know, this pastor, Mm -hmm. I'm like, and you right now, you are using your black body and letting your black body be used to lead people into harm. And like, and that's just, I'm just telling you that like you are leading people into harm.
1: And also as a human shield for some Mm -hmm. manipulative people who do not care about this black life. Like, yeah, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. So for me to see all of that and then to see how much of that, white supremacy and this patriotism and this Christian nationalism is, like, being used as this this shield and this cover. It's like, it's just all here. And like like I said, like, I don't, I can't put anything on God. Like, I don't feel like God has any responsibility here. Like, it's us. Like, we've been put here. We're supposed to do this. So I don't ask God for things. So I'm like, what can I do in my little sphere? Because I can't do anything about... America's democracy like I can't I'm not, I'm not Stacey mm. Abrams like I don't <laughs> I don't work at the Capitol like I can't do anything there so what can I do in my little sphere well alright I can try to talk to this pastor to try to not do this thing and even that I can only do what I can do like I can't stop him nope. um, so yeah so it's just like all these the it's all wells. colliding right now it's just like, I hear
1: you. Also, you saying that made me think the parallels between evangelicalism and white supremacy, this whole using the whole let's love each other, let's unite as a way to perpetuate the abuse that we've experienced both from the church and as black people. I'm so sick of this. Stop using the Bible and the turn the other cheek scripture to get me to bow down to my own abusers. If you want to go there, we can go there because the Jesus I was really down with was the Jesus who got upset when they were selling and gambling in the temple and he got so mad, he made a whip mm-hmm. out of whatever was nearby and beat the hell out of them. So do you want to get scriptural? Because you're using the ones that worked for your little argument and then I can come back right back at you with, oh, so according to this scripture, I can beat your ass then because that's what Jesus did. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I'm so sick of this whole... Let's use, and it, we heard it a lot today uh, during the debates, yep. this whole thing with, oh, let's use goodness. love, let's unite. You yep. cannot incite violence on a person and then when, use their reaction against them. That's a classic abuse tactics for people that are in emotional, psychological, and physical abusive relationships. The first thing the abuser does is try to tell them, oh, well, let's work on this. I can change, let's get together. It's not going to change. Mm. At some point, you have to stand up to the bully. And it's so messed up that after all this bullying from both the church and from white supremacy, we're still being told, just love on them. Don't you preach love? Don't you preach acceptance? Don't you preach tolerance? Like, no, that's not. There are certain things you do have to be intolerant of. And you love your in- enemies sometimes from, sometimes, from sometimes from a distance.
2: From a distance. distance, We're sorry. Good <laughs> Could- And that was the remix. (laughs) The timing of that
1: was
4: kind of impeccable, but. (laughs) It was. You can't tell me that you care about child trafficking and you don't care about black people's lives being slaughtered. You can't tell me that you care about abortion and you don't care about other deaths. Like, that's not, I don't think Jesus picked and chose. (laughs) I'm like, you need to stay woke you need to go to Bible school again and, and find out who Jesus was. Lord have mercy. And I didn't see any Christians posting like, this is absurd. I saw them posting some scriptures and I was like, I was like, I went after people on their Instagram. I would never do that. And I was like, the church, because it, oh, what was this one, um, this one thing I saw floating around all day and I was like, you're mistaken. Oh, it said, today, and, oh, and this was a black man. He said, today's political violence was a tragic illustration of what happens to a nation when it abandons God's person. I was like, don't bring God into this. Principles and policies. Ameri- I was like, because you realize those people that went, cl- went to the Capitol claim to be Christians. So what are you saying? Uh... America is undergoing the passive wrath of God? I was like, are they? Are they undergoing the passive wrath of people who think they are supreme over other beings? So I was like challenging people on this. I was like, come on, you need to wake up. Like, stop blaming it on somebody else's, the sin is not God's wrath and like, or because they're having sex and God's, pouring out his wrath. I think that's what people think. This Like, racism is a sin. Hatred yeah. is a sin. And until you can acknowledge that, I think that's the problem. Because I hear a lot of people say, like, I pray to God, and I'm like, God, why did this happen, and why did you allow this to happen? I feel like God's like, I had nothing to do with that. At the end of the day, people that are claiming to be Christians, like, I can sit here and pray all day, like, Dear God, in End racism. What's he gonna do? He's he's not a god that he's gonna come into somebody's heart and overtake them. We, we saw that with Pharaoh. He's not gonna be like, you are gonna start stop hating people. So at the end of the day, it's like, people make choices to inhabit hatred. I guess. So it doesn't matter how much I pray. That's not gonna go away because every time somebody's like, oh, all we need to do is, or they don't say all oh, we need to do. We just need to pray. And I'm like, so you don't think our ancestors 400 years ago prayed? <laughs> like, you know, and 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 it could be very, it's like, oh, just pray about that. Well, the Bible says, and, and this is faith, but I'm going to put prayer in there. Faith without works is dead. So if you don't yeah. work to end your racism, then it doesn't matter how much I'm going to pray I'm always going to be in the situation because of your ancestors' hatred toward me, and your lack of doing something about it. Like your silence infiltrates. Because what did Martin Luther King say? Your silence is. Your sti- he said, <laughs> "Shut love, up." Love, you know, hate love drives out. Drive out hate. hate. <laughs> Only love can do that. That's all they ever quote. And you know
2: what? I think even to your point, though, too, we have to think about, like, there will still always be, like, a right and a wrong. Yes. Justice will still need to be served. Like, and I think that's, like, one of the missing elements, right, is that Jesus came and he came to love. No, he also came to serve justice. And his form of justice at that period in the first coming was to sacrifice himself. But this second form, will not be on some like kumbaya like let's all love and sit down and talk to one another it's not gonna be on that and so i just feel like there are times a lot of times where we just see like this selection of scripture instead of looking at the looking at it in its entirety and i'm just like that's not how we've been taught to read in y'all schools exactly yeah y'all ask for a book report y'all want us to read from the front cover to the back cover. Y'all y'all had us really out here on Cliff Notes for a while and then y'all caught up and you said, <laughs> nope, you can't plagiarize anymore. And I'm just waiting right now. My thing is who is going to tell all of these folks out here that are walking around with Patriot tattooed on their foreheads, like that's plagiarism and you're no longer allowed to use that. Exactly. Seriously, like at what point? Cause this is crazy.
3: Yeah, yeah i i'm totally on board with that um i think it's yeah it's uh it's interesting like you said janice to see the sort of marriage of all these things right like we have evangelicals uh this sort of nationalism white nationalism christian nationalism um and uh just yeah just all of this stuff it's been interesting to see the marriage of this take place and um we really have to start addressing it this is not something this is i i think what's been really interesting too in this moment is to hear from so many christians that um were kind of caught up in these movements these like intense spiritual movements um that are i want to say kind of i'll just name some places like like bethel and like other other places that kind of um capitalize on that kind of spirituality and christianity uh it's been interesting to not see to see them not address the root of nationalism in some of their belief systems um And I think this goes back to, and this is something I want to study a little bit more. um, What is Christian reconstruction? And like how that ties into a lot of belief systems of, you know, Christian beliefs infiltrating the government, infiltrating politics, infiltrating education, being involved in the arts. Like, what does it mean to really bring the kingdom of heaven to earth? essentially, that whole theology. And I remember being raised on that theology and being, like, gung-ho for it and, like, super excited about, like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Like, Like, that's our purpose as Christians. And I think that it's so dangerous to not explore the roots of where that ideology comes from and like what those people that created that meant, mm-hmm. like, they meant like, you know, the wife should stay at home and raise the family and should educate the family. And like, there should be no public schooling. And that, you know, our way of life, like marriage between a man and a woman, like that's the only way to like exist in this, you know, world. And like, you know, women don't need to have all these, like much of a voice and what do we really mean when we're talking about occupying these spaces like we're talking about occupying them with whiteness and these like white supremacist viewpoints so i think it's just really important that we go back to these movements and say like what what's the root of this and like where are these things still showing up today because i guarantee you (laughs) that's how we have trump in, some, like, yes. in such um and as such a force you know and i think too once you have this thought that once you have the thought that the government needs to be controlled by a christian viewpoint and that that's the only viewpoint and that's the right viewpoint Like that to me is, is very much saying like coming from like a dictatorial point of view of like, like we're the only ones that are right. And we're going to judge you accordingly. And then Mm. it's saying, you know, this is the one right way to like judge the entire world. And I feel like that is how we have so many people that believe in this QAnon nonsense and this cult-like figure, like, this cult-like government, like, controlling, because if it's not Christianity, and if it's not God, then it's the opposite of that, like, it's, like, it's evil, and I think that is, like, a scary place for, like, your mind to live, but that's, like, actually what a lot of people are taught from the get-go in this kind of theology, so, I think it's important to look at that and to see the connections of that and to really talk about the root of that because I don't think that people are gonna be able to get on the same page of you know, equality for everyone if they can't see that like only their way of life, like their way isn't the only way.
1: I agree with you 100%. And then it reminded me of, I will never forget during now this was my first election. This was when it was between Bush and Kerry? Kerry, John Kerry. Bush and John Kerry. It was my first time voting. So I had just turned 18 and my the pastor of my church actually had run, was running for Senator of Michigan at the time. And so our church, he had always taught like that it sh- that government and church should be one like it should be based on theology. He's like, because God is the ultimate authority, obviously, of course our government should be run. And and as Christians, we should run our government to be run like God would run the church. The problem with that statement is it assumes that those that are running the church are running it with integrity and also not going to allow their own personal biases and their own personal human flaws to get in the way. And that is a reality that will never happen. So yes, sure. That I get that idea for whatever, if believing in like the, the millennial reign, if God personifies himself back on this earth and decides I'm going to run the government with all his knowledge, sure. But the truth of the matter is it's something that can never work with human beings because we're too flawed. And we've shown throughout our entire existence that we can't be trusted with power at all. Mm. Even the way we treat the earth, even the way we treat our pets, even the way we treat animals and each other. No. So uh, this whole idea that, and, and I hate that they keep on using the idea. What what I'm trying, I'm sorry. What I'm really saying, bottom line is people are using, they're attaching God to their biases in order to validate them. Mm instead of really just honestly looking at it and going, okay, this this is not something that would work for us as human beings. And that this whole white nationalism and, and mixing theology and the government come exactly from that, like a lot of people. And truth be told, I voted, um, I was so pro-life at that time. I was like, no, you should vote for who lines up most with the word of God, and no shade to anyone who still votes that way. But like at the end of the day, I was saying Then I went to college and I got a brain of my own and moved out of my own house and away from my church. And I was like, wait, if I really say I love Jesus and God is love, how can I say that it was it's wrong for two people who genuinely love each other to get married just because they have the same genitals? Like, is that love? And then or the Mm -hmm. issue of abortion and pro-life versus death. Oh, like. Abortion is murder, but then I'm like, wow, but what about my friend who got raped? What if she had had to keep that baby of this man who raped her on a college campus? Or, or even just people that I know who, um, who have, they have like issues in the pregnancy and it comes down between the mother or the kid. You know, things like, and even if it's not that polarizing, even just the simple fact that it's someone's body I'm not God, so who am I to tell someone that? And I feel like when we're, those are the kind of thoughts we all need to be having on both sides because we're capable of being wrong on both sides. But yes, I'm digressing. All of that to say, we as humans cannot be trusted with that amount of power. The, the power of supposedly God behind us and the governmental power. No,
2: no, it will not be safe for anyone. Not safe, not a good idea. And I mean, I don't even, I mean, I surely don't have the answers to a lot of these things, but I do think one thing that we had touched on in the marriage episodes, so shout out to that, go back and listen to all previous episodes and listen to the episodes that will be dropped after this, you heard. Um, But I do think something that we touched on in that episode, and then just like in conversations and whatever, is that like, I do personally think that there are not enough conversations being had in the church that seem that come from a place of just wonder like I wonder if fill in the blank and when I do think of the church I do think of it as in it's in it's like in a perfect world it should be a safe place to like really sit down and think through these concepts right because I do think that they're heavy matters we're talking about matters of the heart matters of the mind matters of the body matters of your spirituality your sensuality I mean just everything your emotional health Um, your mental health, all these things. And so for both Jess and for you, Charis, I do like for both of all the points that you brought up, I do wish that um, there were more spaces um, within the church where it's not like we're going to get upset here if you don't believe the same thing as us, but like, hey, like come, come wander with us or like wander here. And I say that because, um, in the marriage episode, we were just talking about how, like when you're young and in the church, everyone's just telling you not to have sex until you're married. And so then the, the answer to like, well, your sexual lust is obviously to get married. Um, and like, that just doesn't make any clear good sense. And so I think, and, and even as a surface answer, you're just like, what? Like, you want me to cure my lusty thoughts with marriage? Like, what? It just. And so I do think that, like, I I do genuinely wish that, like, obviously research would have to be done, like, you know, a great deal of thinking and, like, you know, all of the, like, there were just a lot would have to go into it because I'm not about to sit here and say it's just going to be like a cakewalk. But I do wish that there were more churches that were willing to, like, engage in conversations like this. Um, with people who were just wondering. And I do believe that that was something that Jesus did when he came. He wasn't sitting down in synagogues and like having these like huge breakout sessions, you know, going from room to room. I loved that he was sitting down with a prostitute. I like that he was sitting down with what would be considered like scam artists um, and conversing with them and just engaging with, like the masses and the fringes differently. And so I think when we just, for me, I just feel like when we just try to blanket things with like these very superficial answers, that's not doing nothing to change or save anyone's soul. And that cheapens like what Christ really came to do. And that's if you like, and that's what I believe anyway. So I just, I don't know, like I hate that. Just these very thready, almost floss-like connections have now gained like such weight um they're now like these umbilical cords that attach like christianity to like our governmental systems i don't know if that's a word um and i'm just like no like i just i don't know i don't know it's just crazy it's crazy
0: but even just thinking thinking about jesus like what jesus came to do um and then you know when jesus talks about you know my my yoke is easy and my burden is light and you know that kind of stuff, and I'm like, well, if Jesus came and he came to to pay it all, right like he gave his life to cover all this like if that's that's the theology you're going with um and I was thinking about it in terms of like church abuse and now thinking about it in terms of like government and stuff, and I'm like if he if he paid that price, why do we feel like we have to keep paying it like why do I have to be abused like he, that's real he paid it so why do we keep feeling like oh I have to make this sacrifice too like no either he covered it or he didn't um and so mm-hmm. I was like I feel like he came and he was this example and he did this so we don't have to do this like he's like I took on the worst of it I showed you how bad it can get so now don't mm-hmm. don't recreate these systems and don't put yourself back into it um so even like like I look at the church and I'm like I I hold out hope that it it can work. Like there are safe places and good places for people. Um, I don't think everybody needs it. I don't think it's for everyone. But I would hope I hold hope for spaces that for the people who want it, for the people who need it, that can be safe and can be good. Um but like but I look at the megachurch structure and I'm like, this is a recreation of the temple system. Like we just went back in and just remade the thing that like Jesus took apart and he was like you don't need this don't do this anymore. Um and, I'm like, and we keep we keep doing these things. And so like looking at the government and I'm like it doesn't like I definitely don't believe in a theocracy. I don't think should Christians be in government? Yes. As should Muslims and as should Buddhists. Like the people of the country should be in the government. Like that's yeah. if we're having a representative government, then yeah, be in there. But nobody, nobody gets to be supreme. Like this Christian supremacy, the white supremacy, like we we've we've just got all these supremacies built on top of each other. And because I am this, then I get to tell you, I get to tell everybody else what's right and mm-hmm. what's what. I mean, because even thinking about this impeachment, and I'm like, these are our representatives. And so some of them, yes, their constituents, they bought into the lies and whatever. But I'm like, my representative never reached out to me to be like, hey, we got this impeachment coming up. What do you people want to do? It's like we send these people and then they just become like agents unto themselves. And like they are there and they think... Free agents. Yeah, I'm in this position now, so I know best and I'm going to tell these people what they need. And I'm like, I feel like if it was working the way it was supposed to, we all would have voted on this impeachment. Like, because we all have our representative, right? It feels like they would have each polled their people. And then whatever yes. they thought, wh- whether they liked it or not, you got to go with the majority. Like, that's it. And I feel like if it just kept building up that way, we'd be in a completely different place. But like, we have these mm. people, we put them in these positions of authority. And it happens in government, it happens in church, you know, the same thing. And then money gets involved, power gets involved, and people just start making yeah. decisions based on what's best for them. And like, what's going to work for me? What's going to prosper me and my family and my legacy and what I want to do? And it's like the people you've been sent here for are just forgotten. So for me, I'm like, well, I can't, again, I can't fix any of that. So all I can do is be like okay, how in my day-to-day regular life how can I not become the thing that I hate? Like how can I how can I not do that? And then try to not be tempted to you know because I think everybody's answer like even, you know, thinking about this Atlanta, you know, this black pastor, everybody's answer is always well if I can get into it, I can change it. I'll be yeah, like I'll I'll be the agent of change. And I'm like, and I think I said, I said in in my message to him, I'm like, what, what like great chef gets a job working at McDonald's to tweak the menu? Like, Oh, that's, mm, she just said that. Why are you, why do we keep trying to do that? Like, why do we not trust that our don't change the Big Mac? (laughs) Right. 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 And if you want to, America was built on that Big Mac send some emails, like, why are you, like, lowering yourself to, like, try to sneak in, and I'm going to work my way, like, no, like, it just doesn't work, um, so yeah, it's like trying to reimagine something different, like, without, well, if I want to change it, then I have to become this, and be the secret agent, and do whatever, and it's like, no, because we're not good with power, and <laughs> we get a taste, And then we just become that.
1: I actually had a uh, wow, this conversation with one of like at least 10 years ago. Just we were frustrated with our church that we were going to Michigan because we were seeing we were we had gotten more into leadership. My parents were on staff. so And we were seeing more of the behind the scenes and just how corrupt it was. We were just talking about the whole this whole theme that we cannot handle power. We have shown throughout history we cannot handle it. And after church, we were just talking about how we wonder if. All of these church leaders that are so corrupt that we're dealing with, where they always corrupt people who infiltrated this environment so that they could deliberately control people like someone like Trump who mm-hmm. deliberately sought power in order to wield his personal biases or is power that much harder for us to deal with that everyone really does go in with good intentions and then the system completely corrupts them or the pressures um, to deliver for some people. Like I was watching some of those speakers today and I was like, there is no way that you are okay with this. So I'm thinking the only reason why you would either slightly condone this behavior or avoid it is that maybe you've got someone to please. There's people that who've got you in their pocket or you don't want to disappoint your fellow Republican constituents who are diehard Trump because you don't want to say, you don't want to call a spade a spade. Like I wonder where... Where does the corruption start or is it both or just it's because of that? That's just a testament to the fact that we can't have church and government running together. We just can't handle that kind of power. We're not responsible enough for it. And we're too easily swayed by our own survival instinct or our own ego. It always kicks in at some point, whether it's because of money or whether someone threatens your job and take away your security. Like it seems like everyone has a breaking point where they're going to cross over to that other side. So we don't need to have a system in place that allows that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I hear, I, I feel similarly to you, Janice, where um, it doesn't really make sense to join into the corruption to try to like, change it around and be the secret agent. Um, but it's interesting because I've been, so I've been back here in Oklahoma and I've been staying with my family for um, a couple of months. And I think there's just still, like, I feel like culturally there's still a thought in the, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I've, this has just been my personal experience with the boomer generation about uh, maintaining, getting to that level of power and getting to that kind of hierarchy in society where you can start to generate generational wealth to then implement and create change for future generations. Um, And I'm not exactly sure how I fall on the spectrum of that line of thought because there is that part of me that also continues to think well we live in um a white supremacist society in america and that's what's controlling the money and that is what's controlling a lot of our systems so how do we shift that and like is that shifted by people just like dying out and new generations coming up with anti-racist education. Um, like what, what does that shift actually look like? Um, and does money really, really make a difference if it's not being allocated back into communities, into education and in communities, into resources for communities. Um, so, I don't know. I think that there's a lot, I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I feel like that's a, again, this is like a bigger conversation. I don't know the answer to any of these things, but um, I definitely feel like to speak to what you were saying before, these politicians that are speaking for us um, and we're supposed to be their constituency, they're not speaking directly to us, but they are speaking for the corporations and the funding that they get you know, like, they're speaking from that perspective of, like, these are the donations that I'm getting, and, like, this is that viewpoint, and I'm not gonna, like, budge on that, you know, so I kind of, I just really think that a lot of change does come from, again, us being committed to our communities and to our spheres of influence and saying, like, I'm gonna stand for this, and this is what I think is wrong, and this is how I think we can move forward in a healthy and positive way that includes all people. And um, and so yeah, I think I think it really is again that grassroots organization and that grassroots um, advocacy because like if we think about it, that worked in the reverse for these extreme like far right wing republicans like the tea party like these small grassroots movements worked for them um and again like i guess like going back to to kind of switch gears a little bit like going back to the shock of of seeing what happened at the capitol and seeing the you know this i don't even i can't even call it a surprise attack because it's it wasn't a surprise like this had been like steadily like boil, this tension had been steadily boiling over for years. Um, But to go back to that, like these people were organized a little bit more than we want to give them credit for. Um, They had communications going on. They were um, in communications. I think we're gonna find out a little bit later that they were in communications with some people in law enforcement, some government officials, like there's no way that these guys that like ended up in these office, um, this guy that ended up in Nancy Pelosi's office, like how did he find that office? Like, you know, it's like, how did he get there? Like he had to have known, like there had to have been some information relate. like you don't just storm and like, oh, whoops, I ended up in a cabinet member's office like <laughs> looking for them, you know? So I think that we really have to understand the importance of grassroots organizing because the other side that's not on the side of, you know, actual unity and bringing people together um, understands the importance of that. And then to also like just piggyback on, and then I'll wrap it up, but to also piggyback on what you were saying of this call for like peace and unity and, I I like to think of myself as a person that doesn't, I don't enjoy violence, like in the sense of movies and film and things like that, like that to me is a completely different world, but like in reality, I don't feel like that is a positive way forward. I feel like, yes, sometimes it does get things done a little bit quicker than um, if that wasn't the case, but, I do feel like I I think part of me that still like vibes with Christianity and the belief is that we can come to each other and uh, create a peaceful environment and have peaceful conversations. Like I think that's the goal. Like the goal is to be able to come together and even if we are on opposing sides and we don't you know look at things the same way, as long as we value each other's humanity. And see each other as equal in the eyes of the Lord, which I feel like we're all equal in in that sense, because because we are all made, you know, like we're all in in my view, we're all created equal. So I feel like that should be possible, but I do find it disturbing that the other side, the far right, more specifically, um, with their alternative facts and viewpoints, are calling for peace and reconciliation when the Confederate flag was flown in the in in the Capitol, which hasn't hasn't ever hasn't ever been flown there, you know, like to to say like we've got to come together and like we've got to be peaceful, but but don't hold us accountable for anything. Like that that to me is not that's not having a conversation. If we're gonna have a conversation, we're gonna be peaceful about it. Like we have to own where we've wronged each other because if we're not, then we're just talking. And that to me is, is like useless, but anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, the calls, the calls for unity with zero accountability. And again, like, like for me, i like, it's the same thing that's happening in the churches like everybody just wants to be like okay yeah some bad happened forget it move on we're just moving on moving on um and for i don't know it's just crazy for me because christianity is like the whole point of it is you know humanity has fallen um and needs to repent and christians do not want to repent Um, And I was having this conversation with someone the other day and she was like, well, you know, and we've all been been fed like this theology of forgive and forget. And like, that's it. And forgiveness is the main thing. And it's it's like it's on you. It's on the offended party. Like you have to forgive. Um, And it's because like we don't look at the roots of things. And I'm like, no, that comes because America was founded so badly and wanted to call itself a Christian nation. So the only way you can be doing these atrocious things to people and continue to do them is to, like, warp this theology. And so, yeah, forgiveness is part of it, but repentance is the bigger piece. And you can't, like, Mm. repentance is not just saying, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) repentance is, oh, you stopped doing this, and you look back and you repair. Like, you have have to fix it. And it's not on you. Like, if I do something to you, and I repent, it's not on me to decide what's enough or like what's good enough or what you should be happy with. Like if I'm repairing, then it's you, you get to say what you need to be restored, to be made whole. And like, as a country, we've never wanted to do that. Um, so when I look ahead now, and sometimes i sometimes think about it like big, big picture, and I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, again, if we're a Christian nation and you believe in reaping, sowing and reaping, I'm like, I don't know how as America, just the things we've done around the world, I'm like, oh, that's, that's got to come back, right? Like, that's, that's a real thing, right? Like, that, that's got to come back. Um, so then I think about us as black people in America, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, if justice is real, and you know, if that's how this works, then I have to believe somehow we've got to be—I don't know—protected or like held back in that. Because I'm like, we didn't, we didn't do this. We didn't ask to be here. So it's like, whatever America's fate is, or whatever, however we're tied up in that, I'm like, haven't, haven't we been through enough? Like. <laughs> and even even with, yeah. with 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 Christianity and with God and with religion, I'm like who who loves God more than black people like who who hasn't like trusted in this and believed in this and put more into this than us and I'm just like i don't I try to look ahead and I'm like, I don't know how this how this ends, and I don't and when the majority of this country just will not and I don't even know if it's the majority, like, you know, Trump supporters are so loud and, you know, they're 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 good entertainment. Like they're good. They're good for the media. So the media like pumps it up mm-hmm. and it's like, well, they're not, you know, even with the election, like it's horrific that, yeah, 75 million people voted for him. But there's. We looked at 350 million people in the U.S., So it's like only half of us voted anyway, and then less than half of that was his supporters. So it's like, yes, there Mm -hmm. are a lot of them, too many of them, but there's not as many as we, you know, wanna think. And not all those seventy-five million were at the Capitol. Like not all of them are that extreme and that hateful and Mm -hmm. that you know, some legitimately are just Midwestern moms who They're scared of abortions and you know the gays are coming for their guns and whatever like but they're not storming anybody's capital they're not doing anything crazy so it's like the percentage that are like so strident like this is it is small like it is it is a minority Um, but but it's out there and like they're loud and they are organized. Very loud. Well. And like the news is already starting to come out. You know that yeah, there were off-duty cops there, and there was you know one of the one of the representatives was like she just got kicked off of Twitter, I think, because she was like tweeting locations of you know representatives and stuff. So there were people on the inside, you know, starting to leak out. And their
2: panic buttons weren't working. Yeah, and they were removed. You're they were removed. Like, so it's
0: like this was on some level, an inside job as
3: well. Very well thought out, yeah. Yeah, which is
0: terrifying. Um, but then the more that kind of comes out, I'm like, well, it's also a little comforting in the fact that for all their intents and for what they tried to do, ultimately they failed. Um, and, you know, like I said, like you do see things like that officer and stuff. So I'm like, so at the end of the day, I'm like, I do have... I do believe humanity is mostly good. Like in people, even when they're doing the wrong thing, most people think they're doing the right thing. Like most people aren't out here trying to do bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as money and power get involved, those lines just get real blurry real fast. So I'm just trying to like hold on to to these little bits of hope and to hold on to little bits of joy because like it's a mess and it's going to be a mess for a while. Like even you know, the people who are just like, No, we don't need to impeach him. It's it's only a week left and about whatever. Like pretending like January twentieth is like this hard stop date and all the white supremacists will be like, Oh <laughs> you know, our contract is up expire we don't believe that anymore like it's there is no end in sight
2: and as hard as they fight for symbolism and i'm like use this as a symbol that this evil is coming down gosh i don't care if it is only seven yeah. days <laughs> the yeah. symbol still yeah. lord
0: um so yeah so those representatives a lot of them don't have skin in the game so they can kind of just go on going about their lives Um, but we do and we have to live here we have to live through these things Um, so as we're closing out just what what what's bringing you joy these days how are you getting through this next week what's bringing you black joy and how how are you holding on to it
1: i'm as far as black joy i just And even before this year, I could look at all we've been through and all we deal with and the way we always rise up. And we still walk around and we still can joke. Like just the kind of joy that we have because of what uh, we and our ancestors went through. I really feel like it's in our blood that we just, we really know how to, we know how to handle every possible adversity. And I think that's something that a lot of other people have. Like I heard a speaker once at church and he was like, the African-American community really handles rejection better than any community, because we are rejected the most. We have the most resilience. So I just look around at black people and be like, y'all better work, because this would break anybody else down, and we are still here trying and being kind people. Like, the fact that we can just do that alone. Um what's bringing me joy personally, um, really taking it day by day and just accepting that I can only control me I know that sounds cliche but I can only control me and I can only show love to the people who I come in contact with and that's all that I can do and hopefully I'll live in a world that one day protects me but yeah, pretty much day by day, moment by
2: moment I think um, for me as well Um, I do think that, like, we are just a resilient people, um, and I think something I learned about myself in 2020 was that I'm both stronger and weaker than I thought, and that's okay. Um, and so I think that's just going to be like a, like an ever-evolving lesson moving forward, and I would encourage us all to just have grace with ourselves, um, and to be patient with ourselves because not every day is gonna look maybe the way that we wanted. And there are gonna be days that like, the the days look far better than we could have ever imagined or planned. And so yeah, be patient with yourself. Um, and to find, I would say like, I'm finding joy in like, um, these short but deep breathy prayers, I'm finding joy in like the comfort of my home. And like knowing that like we, as a people who have been oppressed have always had, um, have always had like this like delicate power in creating a home in foreign places. Um, And so I would say to like, continue to make your home wherever that is yours, Um, continue to make the space that you're in, um, one that reflects you. Um, Because far too often, we live in a world that wants to, like set us on the fringes, but what you don't know about a fringe is that it can set this whole look off. And so, yeah, you know, like be beautiful in whatever space that you're in. And also like, you know, lean into your friends, lean into like your tribes, like lean into uh, your work, lean into the love that is there, lean into um, the things that, yeah, you deeply believe in, like lean into, I mean, for me, leaning into the lord like leaning into just the things that i have um and not taking it for granted because i feel like every day that goes by and to cherish this point like just taking one day at a time like you know we we don't we just don't know what's going to come next but um we still have breath in our lungs so yeah all right um that's
3: great uh hmm I feel like my joy is really coming from creativity and seeing the creativity as a collective. Um, I feel like just being able to see what humans can create and especially in this time where there's a lot of collective trauma, um, it's been really encouraging and it's been helpful to kind of get out of my own brain and imagine beyond just like my current circumstances. um, So I think I'm finding a lot of joy in that, just out in the world, just seeing that. Um, And then personally, I feel like I'm finding joy in sort of like nostalgic, uh, the nostalgic uh art of my childhood and just like looking at the things that um kind of planted those seeds of like imagination and dreaming and themes and um color even. So so that and and like kind of what initially inspired me to move, I think, too. So I'm, I, I feel like creativity is like the big one overall. It's just really helping get through this whole,
2: this whole thing called life. <laughs> All good things. Noah's going to read Coco's. She texted it and she said, I am trying to do things daily that will feed me emotionally, physically, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Trying to make sure that I'm focused on those things daily. Nice
0: go-go. I support support all of it. That's my
4: spiel, Janice.
0: All right. So thank you guys for being here. Uh, Real quick, let the people know where they can find you. Websites, Instagram handles,
3: Twitter, if you
0: got it. Because we all know someone who doesn't anymore
3: all right I'll go first uh, just real quick uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at Jess Caris. so
1: at J-E-S-S-K-A-R-I-S so just follow me there um, I'm on Instagram and I post a lot of pictures of my dog and a lot of pictures of my travels when COVID's not around I sing on cruise ships so those are really fun to look at and it's um, at Charis by my full name C-H-A-R-I-S V-A-U-G-H-N and you can go to my website, cherispawn.com, and see some of my singing with Disney. It was a lot of fun. Hope, please let it come back. Wear a mask. <laughs> I miss singing for people.
2: Um, my name is Alicia Acri, and you can find me on Instagram, at Alicia. so it's A-K-R-I-E-A-L-I-C-I-N. See you there.
0: And then we got the stealth Coco Jones On Instagram at the.coco.jones. That's it. Thank you, ladies, so much. And yeah, be on the lookout because tomorrow is going out there. So that's that and that's a wrap on episode nine. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, I hope you'll take a moment to jump on to Apple Podcast and leave a review. I have decided that this will be the last episode of Season 1, so Season 2 will start next week as scheduled, as promised, Uh, assuming we're not in civil war, or maybe in spite of it, I don't know. What I do know is that whatever happens, whatever is happening, life is short and messy and complicated, and it's all for nothing if we're not doing something to leave the world better than we found it. And so every day, we're all making choices as to what to keep what to kill, and what to negotiate with. And it all matters. So choose wisely, choose bravely, choose hopefully, and as much as you can, joyfully. Because we've got a lot of very hard work before us, so I don't think 2021 is going to be easy, but I know it can be worth it if we don't give in to fear and don't let ourselves recreate the systems that brought us here. We can do better. So let's do better. Be well, and I will talk to you soon.
3: I am an e. All I- right.